Welcome to Catfish Weekly, along with James Smith. I'm Lyle Stokes. James, we got a bunch of stuff to go over tonight. We got a great guest, but first off, I would like to talk about Kevin's uh, award show that he had the other night, the Golden Whiskers. That was one of the best run shows of that kind that I have ever seen or been a part of. Um, it was an honor to be nominated for a few awards. To actually win one was absolutely fabulous. But the the work, the time, the effort that he put into making that a great show is above and beyond, I think, what anybody ever thought how it would come out because it was run flawlessly and professionally, and I was extremely proud to be a part of it. Yeah, it it did turn out real well. Uh, you you got to get that first one under your belt, Lyle, and I think you've done a good job at the very first show, and I know it'll grow on from here. Uh, there might be more categories added, might be some taken away. You don't never know, but you got to get the first one under your belt. That's and exactly I think right. this first one went off real well. I uh, congratulations to you there, Palmetto. I don't think he's in here quite yet. Well, you know, if people would think about just the amount of time that he took taking excerpts out of videos and stuff and putting them together for on each individual's thing, there was a, a wealth of time spent just on that. Oh, God. Uh, just, uh, you know, because you got to pull it out, you got to download it into a program that edit the parts out that you want. Yes. And he used several different ones for everybody. So it was it was a lot of time. He done a bang up job. Proud to be a part of it. There was a lot of people that deserved the awards they got. There was a lot of people that was nominated for awards that say there was three or five or how many ever there was that was nominated. It could have been any one of them. They all deserve those positions. So that was a tough deal. But you know what? It was voted on by the viewers and the people that watch all of us do this. And I think that it was pretty spot on how everybody, uh, how people won stuff and, and how the awards was done. But I, but Kevin just, he, he really did. He done a bang up job. I had somebody ask me, call me earlier. I don't mention names. Asked me, said, did you, James, he said, do you think that it might have should, should have been run as a YouTube catfishing award show? Mainly because it was YouTubers that done the voting. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, I, 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 said, I didn't have a part in none of it. I said, you know, Lyle had some help in it and a few other people did. I said, you know, I said, in a way, you're right, because it was the YouTubers that done the voting. And, and most of the categories, uh, in fact, all of the categories, except I think Doc Lane don't really put nothing up on YouTube no more, does no, he? No, no but that, that's okay. You know, Doc's yeah, been yeah. involved with it over the years, and I see that yeah. Kevin now is yeah. in the chat. And, uh, we're just we're talking about uh, how well you've done the awards um, show the other night, and it was a pleasure and an honor to be a part of it. And I think that... Uh, I think that uh, everybody should know uh, how well run it was. And, and I, James, I look for next year to be a lot bigger, a lot better, 
and I look for the competition rate of the people that gets nominated for these to be astronomically larger than what it was because he had a lot of people watching this show, and and I think a lot of them didn't realize what it was, and they're going to know next year, and, yeah. and the creators and the people that's involved really going to have to watch it because there's a lot of great young new channels out there, and they're going to be gunning for some awards now. Hey, and I'll tell you what. I think next year, Kevin's going to – Kevin might have to hire a few hands to help with next year's. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of videos being thrown up, and that was really loud. That was a ton of stuff to do by himself. He done, he done a bunch of stuff by himself. He done a bang-up job. And uh, like I say, the show come off nearly flawlessly, or as far as I was concerned, it was flawlessly. Yep. And I was very proud to be a part of it and to be nominated for them. A few awards, you and I, I felt we was we was very fortunate. And to actually win one was, was excellent. And I'm very proud to be a, a part of what he put together. Yes, sir. We got a lot of people in chat tonight, but guys, we got a great kite fisherman right here, Mr. Jesse the Warden O'Neill. How y'all doing? Doing good, Jesse. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, feels great to be here. That's, That's awesome, man. We're glad to have you. Um, we have a few uh, kayak uh, people that that watch the show and, and have been on the show with us before. But I think that the way we're going to do this is going to be a, a different situation. James come up with the thought, and he visited with me about it, is to have you come on and basically do a seminar style show. And I, I think that's a great idea. And, and James, if you got anything, there's only one thing I want to talk about before you go over our good buddy, uh, Sonny Parker is still not doing too good with his, with his wrist. If you guys would, would keep Sonny any thoughts and prayers, he's fighting it hard. And, yes. uh, uh, we want to make sure Sonny gets healed up as quick as we can. Other than that, James, have you got anything for Jesse? Well, uh, just keep just keep everybody keep it, their families and stuff. This is the Christmas holiday seasons, and we do have a lot of uh, a lot of lonely people out there. We do. We do. Uh, keep your hearts open, keep your minds open, and uh, this is the time, the season for giving. And if you see somebody hungry, make sure you feed them. Yeah, absolutely, Mister Jesse. I appreciate you coming in, and guys. And gals that's in here, I know a few of you actually boat fish, you bank fish, and some of you do kayak fishing also. I think Mr. Jesse here is going to set us up and give us a little seminar talk on stuff. And then afterwards, we're going to take some questions and stuff. Might be some things that you want to learn. But I think we're going to try to combine the two worlds together, or the three worlds, really. Because uh, you do do some lake fishing also, not just river fishing, right? Yeah, I, uh, I, br I branch out, you know, that's part of, um, you know, the tournament trails and stuff that I fish out of a kayak, you know, you, you're not limited to rivers, you know, um, we cover a lot of different lakes throughout the nation and, you know, I've been on some big water myself, uh, especially here in the Carolinas, you know, I've spent a lot of time on Wiley, uh, Watery, Monticello, sent down in Santee, you know, I, I like to whap a gator every once in a while with a catfish rod out of a kayak. It's a little bit more. It's a little bit more nerve wracking that you get chased by a gator in a kayak, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I definitely, um, you know, I don't limit myself to just rivers with with the kayak. You know, it, it's you know the setups and the platforms and the kayaks that are out there now. 
you know, they've become so big and, you know, everything has just changed in style and from where it started. It's just amazing how many companies out there run big, you know, bigger kayaks. You know, I see guys running sonar, you know, 12 inch sonar units on their kayak with live stream and, you know, all that and trolling motors and, you know, new canoes are set up to take a 2.2, uh, a Honda motor. Uh, it's, it's just crazy to see what's out there. You know, I'm, I'm still, you know, kind of behind the, what you, I guess we would call a stone age. You know, I, I paddle, um, the kayak setup I run, you can paddle or, uh, use it as a pedal drive on right. um, the pedal drives, just like pedaling a bicycle. I mean, you basically lean back in the seat and you just go to town and I mean, I can get pretty good speed, speed on the water. I mean, I've, uh, Flint Hill, seen it the other day uh i went out with him and he was running electric motor and i was i was good bit in front of him going up river my legs hurt after that oh you know, yeah never skip, never skip leg day y'all you know that, that's, that's what that's people say you feel the burn <laughs> oh yeah you might want to stop a little bit about halfway up but you know <laughs> they, glide, they glide so smooth and like the like i said just how they've changed over the years you know there's there's 14 footers out there. You know, I fish out of a 13 foot native slayer. Um, I run four rod holders. I run two on the front with the extensions. You know, I fish for stealth rod holders out of Georgia. Um, that's a company I fish for. Um, I run two of their rod holders on the front, two on the back. I design my own anchor trolley on my kayak to where I can anchor up in current or on flat water. You know, it, it, it don't matter. Okay, well, um, let's go ahead and let's let's get this rolling. And you know, like you said, you're taking them through your kite. I won't right now. You're talking about that trolley. Please let them know what you told me when we talked on the phone about that, the breakaway um, and stuff. Yeah, with the tro- with the anchor trolley system, one of the scariest things you can run into on a kayak, man, is uh, throwing an anchor out in current. Um, a lot of guys will avoid current just because of the simple fact you're in a small boat, a little bit of downward pressure, it's going to capsize you quick. It's a lot different than being in, you know, a John boat or a V haul or something like that. Um, with the breakaway system I run, I was actually able to make my anchor trolley with a, with a hook and a hoop that I got on Austin kayak for like four bucks. And it's just soft plastic when it clips together. And there's enough downward pressure on it, and I get whipped real hard in the current. It'll actually pop away and give me a little bit of cushion away from the anchor. And I run all my anchors on a break- on a river breakaway system anyway, uh, with a zip tie and tied at the bottom because I run grapple hook anchors. Um, but with that breakaway on that trolley system, it actually allows the current. If the current does catch you and pulls you hard, that clip will pop off the hoop, and it has about a five foot section of paracord that it pulls and you can actually grab a hold of and slow yourself down and straighten out your boat to where you're not getting pulled, you know, sideways in the current and you can get your rope untied and throw your anchor away in enough time. You know, what seems like maybe minutes on the water, it's actually a few seconds that you can actually untie and just drop your whole rope. If you got to, um, you know, I run floats. I run a, a, about a eight inch float on my anchor line and if i get in that situation where i gotta dump that anchor i'm gonna dump that anchor and i'll work back up and try to unhook it as much as i can if it's too bad hey four dollars worth of anchor rope and a five dollar uh 
anchor is uh it's not worth your life, man. At right. that point in time, you know, it's you know, one thing I'm big on on, on kayaks is safety, and it's not worth. Sometimes it's just not worth going back after it. Right now, it is winter time and stuff. So, uh, yeah. So go ahead and I guess you try to you fill out how you're going to run a, a type of seminar deal. I guess go ahead and go through the basic things like your rod drills and what you like, the shorter rods, the longer rods, or whatever on that kayak, and lead us into your wintertime, what you prep for wintertime fishing as far as safety. And then, I guess after that, tell us how you catch them fishing in the wintertime. Because I've seen some pigs you put on that freaking kayak in the wintertime. Pigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we found some hogs, that's for sure. Um, you know, as far as wintertime prep, you know, just I wear I wear rubber boots and seal skin socks. The seal skin keep your feet dry even if your boots get wet. Um, as far as rods set up, I fish for slime cat rods. Um, I've been a huge believer in their five, seven, and six foot rods. I run that shorter rod because what I run into before running seven footers and seven sixes is there's a time that you might you know we don't net fish. Um, there's very few guys that net fish in a kayak. Most of the time, you're either sticking your hand with a glove in its mouth or going bare knuckle in its mouth, or you're grabbing it with fish strips to get it in that kayak. So with the shorter rod, you're actually able to get more control of the end of that leader line without dropping the rod, without dropping the reel in the water. Um, right. You know, I'm running Slime Cat reels, too. Um, I've bounced kind of between them and the Abu C3s. You know, just in the normal setup that you would run, 30-pound line, 60-pound leader, um, depending on what style fishing I'm doing, depends on if I'm running weight or not. Right. Uh, but like I said, the shorter rods in the kayak, man, they have, you know, they've definitely become a game changer for for my team and the guys that I fish with. Just for the simple fact that you're not having to do as much oiling and repairs on reels because you're not dunking them in the water every time you catch a fish. You're actually able to to, uh, tuck that kayak, that reel up underneath your arm, grab that fish, and, you know, you're right there. You know, I'm not a very big guy. A lot of people's met me in person. I'm like 5'6". I'm not a very big guy at all. So the shorter i got to see the picture you and Flint Hill then. I've got (laughs) to see this picture. <laughs> no kidding. Between Flint Hill and uh, and Jeff Anderson, man, I I look like a toddler standing next to them boys. <laughs> they make me look like a little kid, man. Hey, well, yeah. two big old boys, though. Uh, yeah, you know so, that shorter uh, rod definitely helps your setup out. Um, and as far as you know, winter fishing and targeting in blues, you know, winter fishing is always it, it's scary no matter what you're in, you know. Um, that cold weather brings on dehydration quicker because your body's got to stay warm. So always carry plenty of a liquid with you, you know, preferably water or Gatorade or something to keep yourself hydrated. You know, we are all cat fishermen, so we all know the, how that goes. But, you know, definitely keep some water and stuff with you. Stay hydrated out there. Uh, layer. Layering is important, especially on a kayak. You're, you don't have somewhere you can really tuck away and hide. You know, you're open to the elements. That's that's kind of how it is being on a kayak. You're out in the open. You're more. You're a little bit more exposed to the wind, or the water, the, all that as it comes across the lake. So you know, being able to layer up, get yourself a good base layer. That's where it starts with. You know, 
it's just like anything. I'm running uh, waterproof bibs. I think I got from Academy for like, I think like 75 bucks. They have been a game changer for me this season in the cold water. Uh, they just keep me dry from between the time I'm dropping a, you know, 60 pound catfish in my lap or throwing a cast net for bait. You know, they keep my legs dry. And that's a big thing. Your legs and feet get wet. You know, it's you get cold quick and that's a rough day on the water. Yeah. You know, definitely a life jacket, man. Let me, this, this is a hit or miss for a lot of kayak guys. And I'm telling you right now, guys, or anybody watching, even from the, from a boat, you know, I've, I fish from boats from time to time. And, you know, I wear a life jacket sometimes when we're running, depending on what kind of boat I'm in. Um, but on the kayak, man, wear, wear it all the time. You know, cold water is not, it's not forgiving. The river don't have no emotion. It, if you go in and you can't swim against the current or if you're on an open lake and you're out drifting in 30 foot of water and you're layered up for the winter time, that life jacket might be the difference between getting help and getting off the water. Yeah. Um, you know, five minutes be, in that cold water, you zapped. Yeah, I mean, it hits quick. And I've been in situations, unfortunately, in the past that have made me question you know, maybe what I'm doing. And, you know, there's there's not enough time. I usually carry some dry clothes with me, too, in case, you know, the worst does happen. But, you know, life jacket, for sure. You know, you got NRS that makes a kayak vest that the back sits up a little bit higher to where when you're in the seat, it's not binding you up. Um, there's Arsenal. There's a, there's a few different brands out there, especially on Amazon being such a big platform now. You can find paddle jackets at pair fairly fair price you know i recommend going with a full zip up style jacket with instead of the you know self-inflating ones that you fall in you know right. like i said kayak's different than the big boat right uh, you know and as far as that goes if it gets that cold out there guys one thing about a kayak man is you can access the bank so easy it's so great i've fished so many bank spots that guys drive by in a big boat man i'd love to get up in there but it's so rocky i don't want to beat my fiberglass or aluminum boat up against that kayaks of plastic son you drive them straight up on that bad boy get up on the bank start you a fire all them rod holders you got to hold your rods on the back you throw some lines out you know even with the shorter rods i'm throwing i'm able to get about you know 50 60 yards off on a good throw you know i run you know the higher grade bearing systems in my abyss so i can launch a bank a bank set up um, and I'll carry, sometimes I know I'm going to bank fish. I'll carry some eight sevens with me or, you know, some bigger rods. And just for that reason, there you, you know, go. get up there, get up there in the wintertime when the wind's just whipping too bad and you get some four foot rollers, get up on the bank somewhere. Don't, you know, don't think just cause you're in a kayak, you can't get up on the bank and fish. Right. You know, that's, that's one of the things with the trail series that I'm running, you know, I, a lot of guys might be fishing an open lake that they're not used to. If you can find, if you can access a bank with a kayak that's not the boat ramp, I I hundred percent say, go ahead. You know, if you can, if you're not comfortable on the water, find a spot that you want to fish and get up on there and fish on the bank. You know, you kind of got the best of both worlds. I mean, you wouldn't want to do that in a big boat because that's why you're in a big boat. But you know, in a kayak, you you have a little bit more opportunity. We're going to take one question right now just to enter to break up the monotony. Is that somebody wanted to know what's your biggest fish in the kayak? Oh, man. Um, 
my biggest fish out of the kayak actually happened in August. It was in two foot of water on the, on a river that I was fishing. I was freelining. It was 79.8 pounds. That, that's my PB out of the kayak. Oh, God. <laughs> that's a freaking monster. Mm -hmm. I don't give a crap if you're bank, boat, kayak, whatever. That's a Look, good freaking fish. I was I was freelancing, floating with the current when I hit it. And, you know, with the kayak stuff we fish, we go by inches just like the kayak bass guys do. So right. sometimes it's hard to get weight. Right. Um, a lot of the time I do that old, you know, weight times girth times girth divided by 800 with the string method to try to get roughly close to the weight that I, you know, I feel the fish with. And, you know, it's usually pretty accurate depending on the on the fish but you know we go by inches a lot so you know that's a question i get a lot and there, there might be fish out there that i've actually caught that's probably bigger than that i've just never actually got an official weight on them all right um, now on I fish that when you hooked up on fish that size do you usually try to get them to the bank but instead of trying to pull something that size into the kayak with you um depends on where i'm at if i'm in a fast water situation yeah i will Get it to the side of the boat. Um, I actually have a a paracord tether that I put on the fish that, that just clips to the lip with the hook still in. And I can kind of, you know, move my way out of the current to where I'm doing what's best for the fish and for myself. Um, you know, I don't, you know, my kayak's not easy to tip. But when you got that much weight on one side and a fast moving body of water, you know, it's... It's likely to happen, and, you know, it's, there's been a lot of times I've just kind of slobbed them into the boat, just dropped them into the deck and back paddled backward as fast as I can to get to the bank. Um, when I got the drive system on them in open water, I can actually use the drives to control the fish. So I can pedal as I'm reeling, and, every once in a while, and I have a rudder system that turns my kayak and steers, so I can actually pedal to control the speed of what I'm moving to kind of use the boat as – basically a giant bobber to slow the fish down and get it up there, control my speed, lean to one side, drop it in the inside and, you know, do what I need to do with it after that. Um, I, I run a selfie stick that clamps to a desk on the front of my kayak that I just put my phone in and take my pictures. And then, you know, with the measuring board, you know, the measuring board sits on my gun walls. It's 60 inches long total. And, you know, it sits on the gun walls. You stand above it with the identifier and you, you know, you snap, you snap a picture to an app, and your fish is scored. Now, let me say something. If you grab a sixty-inch catfish, oh my! You'll God. be the first one to know. I promise you that. <laughs> I'll message you right. I'll message you right as it's happening. Oh my God! That would I'm probably lie. Wouldn't that be a world record? It depends on where you're at. Some of them are real long and don't have any girth on them, and others got a lot of girth and ain't quite so long. But if you had one that had the perfect storm of girth and length, it could very possibly be. So yeah, I was yeah. it had to be pretty freaking close. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some guys. There's actually a local a local guy um, I've been wanting to fish with. I got to meet him at the meetup I run. Um, he got a 55 pounder. Or a 55 inch, not 55, 55 inch fish, um, right here on on local waters. And I've heard of a couple 52s and a 54 that's been brought in in kayak. Um, like I said, these the kayak setups that we're running, they're you know they're no joke. I mean, 
they're they're like running a small John boat, just a little bit narrow. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that is probably one of the most stealthy way of fishing they are. Uh, well, you've already been in, in the in the water with one of my favorite guys in the whole world, O'Brien, with Flint Hills. I mean, I'm really not a fan of kayak fishing because I'm too old and fat to get in one. But, man, do I love to watch O'Brien's videos. Man, he's the best. I just think the world oh, of man. Um, You know, and the thing is, the blast to go with. Yeah, and Brian fishes a lot of the same waters we do, you know, and a lot of the success that I've got on my on my month long events and stuff are out of the same area as Brian's fishing. So, you know, yeah. we know what's there and you know, and he gives you a definitely a different perspective on the style he fishes because like if you'd ever see his boat in person, you'd be like, Wow. How's he getting that? <laughs> you might get in it, man. He runs electric motor. You might just hop down in there. You throw a kayak cushion on your back and on your butt, man. You you'll be all right there, but you become him, him and River Certified are, are if I'm gonna watch and I like Justin, I really do, but him and River Certified are two of my favorites. I watch all their stuff and and uh enjoy that so much. But but Brian, I, I I've seen him a couple times when I really thought he was in kind of a pickle. But he always manages to seem to get out of them. But, man, he's fun to watch. He really is. And I think that's yeah. what gets us on the exciting part of river fishing, man. It's like, you know, you kind of got to you gotta break from just flat water. You know, I can I can go down to Santee, and the only excitement I'm going to get is if the wind's going to blow or not from the west. <laughs> you know, we've all been to Santee. Uh, my first national championship, it was like <laughs> we fished it at Santee. It was both lakes were open for the national championship. And – it was literally 30 mile an hour gusts all day long. Both days we had to fish, and you know, it was that was some big That's fish. Rough. Pop, That's some rough was, water. If you, didn't, if you didn't beach it, you tried to sit out there and ride it out, boy. You got you got a roller coaster ride out there. I, yeah. I was scoring fish that were jumped that the whole board was just going airborne and landing back on the deck of the kayak as I'm trying to take pictures in the rollers. Yeah, you get on Moultrie in the daggum wind up. It's that lake. That lake will eat you. Yeah, we launched out of black. So we was coming out yeah. of a Tom Canal into just yeah. steady wind. <laughs> My old yeah. buddy Sonny would like to know how big an anchor you use on your kayak. Um, That's a question I've been asked a few times. I actually run a a seven 7.5-pound anchor on the main lakes just because sometimes I fish a little bit deeper water on the main lakes. Um, in the river, I actually keep it pretty light. I usually try to stay between three to five. Um, if I can go lighter, I will. Um, I've actually ran just three foot pieces of chain before just dropping them down and let them catch in between the rocks. The stop man has hold of the anchor in the rocks because a chain you can shake loose. Yeah. And you don't have to pull really pull on it. You can just kind of get a little bit of slack on it, shake loose, and it'll pop out the rocks pretty easy. Um, but, you know, I try to, in the river, in the fast-moving water, I try to stay as light as I can. I run a gra grapple style. Um, I actually tie at the bottom of it, and I run the line up with a small zip tie at the top. So that way, if I get hung, I can kind of pop the zip tie, and it'll flip it up and let it kind of come backwards up out. And, you know, it usually, you know, about 90% success rate on that. You know, it it just depends on what kind of rock you get hung on. Yeah. Lyle, I got to step away just a second. Y'all take care of this. Not a problem, man. Just do what you got to do. Um, 
you want to continue on with your your seminar stuff? Uh, we can talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. You know, as far okay. as as finding catfish in the wintertime, you know, out of a kayak, it's it's not much different than you know the same kind of strategy you would run if you were going out in in a boat. You know, you're gonna you're gonna find them deeper pockets. You know, we fish river systems that are a little bit shallower than most lakes, so it's kind of you find to find that in between. And that's that's where we, you know, we try to we try to target that water. You know, if sometimes it's it's anchoring up above that deep flat and casting right at the opening of it, and that's usually where your bigger fish are. Um, they're not in the deep stretch as much. They're actually sitting right at that current break right before it. So that's usually what I try to target is I'll anchor a little bit up above a current break that gets ready, you know, that gets ready to turn into a deep, shallow, like a deep, long flat, I'll anchor above that because then fish are sitting there waiting for bait to come by to you to burn the least amount of energy they can. Um, so is that your favorite kind of structure that you like to fish then? Uh, I'm a big flathead guy. So my favorite kind of structure, is, you know, is definitely big sunken trees, wood, um, big rocks, big rock piles, anything that I know has big holes up under. Um, I don't go by electronics a lot. I'm not an electronic fisherman. Um, I usually try to map how I'm going to fish a body of water based by the bank and the, and the mapping around the water itself. Because that 90% of the time, that gives you an idea of what's down there. Um, if you're fishing deep, you know, I like to fish like deep mud banks and stuff because flatheads will get up in there and they'll punch them mud banks out and they'll just sit up in there. So if there's sunken timber or stuff close to them mud banks, I like to get right up in front of that and, you know, uh, just wait it out. You know, sometimes it's suspend fishing. Sometimes it's casting up into it with live bait. Is there any particular time of the year that you would rather fish than other times? Uh, my, my best fishing is honestly, um, you know, August is one of my favorite months to fish. It's that I know a lot of guys turn away from it because it's really hot down here. It is. Yeah. Hot. But the evening fishing, that peak time frame before it gets too dark, you can't see and the light hasn't burned off. The fish are so active at that time of day, especially on open lakes, because that's when the boat traffic's starting to slow down. They're going to start coming out and feeding around that time. So that, that's definitely one of my favorite times. Then winter fishing, man. I, you know, a lot of the time you get a body of water to yourself. Uh, you, if you can find the fish, you're on them all day. You know, I, I love winter fishing. I've always, always have. You know, it could be iced over and I'm punching ice off the boat ramp to launch the kayak. I'm going to, I'm going to get in it. You know, I'll, them fish don't stop eating just because that ice is there. Um, one thing that I would mention is uh, you said that you like to fish wood, trees, stuff like that. Well, I like to fish that too. But a lot of times I'll catch blues out there as well as flatheads, and a lot of times more blues than flatheads because, man, they're, they're just like a, they're not exactly like a, a flathead as far as fishing for them, but they're structure oriented also. Yeah, they, they definitely are. And, you know, they're, you know, with the blues, they're a little less active than channels, you know, and a a little bit more active than flat. So mm -hmm. with blues, you're going to find them on structure, especially in the wintertime. Blues are going to, they're going to, they're going to group up on structure. Uh, that's how they make it through the wintertime. Cause that, you know, like I said, it comes back to opportunist feeding, you know, bait, 
usually navigates the structure. You know, anybody that crappy fishes or anything like that, you know, you know that, that that's why you fish structure as a crappy fisherman because you know that's where normally the bait's going to stack up so the fish are going to be there feeding. That's and catfish are no different. You know, they're, they're opportunist feeders. They might be a little bit deeper than everything else in there, but you knock on one's head long enough in structure. You're going to pull something up out of there. Well, yeah. You know, it's, and, and we as humans are the same way. You stick a cookie in front of me, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I mean, I'm opportunist like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're about halfway through, Lyle. Uh, Jesse, tell us a little bit where we can find you on social media and about your uh, your Carolina catfish layer. Yeah, I said um, that wrong. No, you're good. You're good. I feel you. I feel the rest in. Um, you can find you can find me and some of my teammates at Team Catnippers. Um, we also have a YouTube channel starting January. We're going to kind of bring it back a little bit. We've kind of been slacked off because of the. Me and uh, Mr. Fail that originally used to run it, our work schedules are just so crazy this time of year. Uh, we just, it's, we've kind of slacked off on YouTube, but I'm going to bring it back a little bit more in January. So Team Catnippers on that, um, Team Catnippers on Instagram, it's me and the majority of the, the other people that fish for my team. Um, and then, you know, just Jesse O'Neill on Facebook. There's also a Team Catnippers on Facebook. We've kind of... Sh- structured all that around team cat nippers you know that's that's how we spread the love between me and them um and uh carolina kayak catfish slayers is a trail series i'm kicking off this year or for 2021 it's uh so far i have six lakes locked in and i think that's where we're going to keep it for the first year we start in march march 27th we kick off our first event it is all kayak related you know, I have a list of sponsors. Once I get everything fully in, I'll release, you know, the full list of sponsors and what they're doing for the group. But, you know, it's going to be pretty big. I, I, I can tell you right now, um, I'm pretty excited. I got a phone call a little while ago with uh, Dale's Tackle. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited about 2021 Trail Series for the Carolinas. Um, a lot of Carolina businesses are are getting involved. A lot of, you know, local bait shops, tackle shops, stuff like that. You know, I brought them in because, you know, I want to support the small businesses and, you know, support the guys here in the Carolinas because this is a Carolina trail series. Right. Well, hey, we got Gabe DeFore in. I don't remember Gabe as Creole's son. I don't remember him being in the show and watching our show before. Gabe, welcome to Catfish Weekly. We're glad to see you in the chat. Man, I just got a picture. Can you see it? That crazy Carl just put a pig in the boat today. Wow. Carl's been on them here lately. Yeah. He really has. Yeah, um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping to get out this weekend after the holidays and uh, maybe find a couple more pigs myself. Heck, yeah. If You're doing some live film with us. Take us along with you. Um, actually, believe it or not, I'm getting ready to um, – I'm getting ready to do a a film for Catch Outdoors TV. Um, Catch Boards makes measuring devices for bass fishing, and they're getting ready to release a uh, a big game series. And I'm they're going to come down here and bring you know their little bit of crew, and we're gonna we're gonna catch some catfish and put their boards to a test. And my ugly mug is going to be the one at the front of the helm there on that. All right. Uh, Good deal. 
But yeah, I would definitely like to, you know, you know, meet up with, you know, some of y'all and, you know, do some live, live Blake things, kind of let you all see what it's like to ride real slow as a kayak tries to pedal across the water. And, uh, you let you guys get to see the setup firsthand. You know, I run, I've been running meetups. I did one a couple weeks ago and it was real nice. It, it turned out really nice. We did it at Buzz Bait and Tackle. It was, uh, opportunity for a lot of local people to kind of come out and see what a kayak catfish setup looks like. Um, I plan on doing another one in April and just kind of, it kind of gives everybody that idea of, you know, you, you might see pictures, but until you get firsthand beside that boat and see that size of that boat that we're actually dragging these fish into, you know, not only me, but there's so many guys out there that just hammer big catfish out of kayaks. It's, it's unreal. And yeah. until you like sit right beside that kayak and look at it, it kind of, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. It, it really is. Dieter Melhorn has joined the chat. Good evening, Dieter. Thanks for watching Catfish Weekly. We appreciate your, your support on us winning the award and, and congratulations to all the awards that you won the other night. We talked earlier about this, but Kevin done a bang up job on that award show. I'm looking forward to that being a happening action for years to come. I hope everybody agrees with that. I can't imagine anybody not agreeing with it. It was just very well put together. And Kevin is saying start tagging your videos so you can get nominated for next year's awards, Jesse. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, and yeah, and um, if somebody would be so kind to put Jesse's uh, YouTube channel and Facebook information up on the in the chat so people can go subscribe to him, that would just be awesome. Yeah, Wes. I, uh, Wes, I know you're watching. Uh, he's actually the one logged in on Team Cat Nippers right now. I'm pretty sure he's watching. Um, if he gets a chance, I'm sure he'll share the link too. And I'll have I'll have a couple other people going on there. Um, King's catfishing. I actually fished with Timothy King. Um, he puts up some great some great videos of setups, and you know he drift fish. He does pretty much about the same thing I do as far as open water fishing. You know, we run planer boards. And people look might look at you like you're crazy for running planer boards in a kayak, but all you got to do is get to the right speed. Um, that float you sent, I got I got an idea for river fishing with that. I'm gonna get a video for you for that. I got there it in the mail yesterday, so uh, I'm pretty excited to put that to work. There you but go. yeah, we run planer boards, and you know I run drifting sticks and stuff like that. And you know I drag, I drift. Um, my biggest success this year has been off of freelining, which is actually no weight at all. I love and, freelining. I, freelining is my Here. my freelining is my I need a bunch of fish quickly, and I gotta cover as much water as I can. So freelining is definitely what I is, has been a go to. Um, perch, perch have been just killing it this year. Um, <clears throat> my biggest fish this year has come off perch head, and freelining. It's just they they preferred it over the gizzards. I kept getting, I kept getting a bunch of good sized gizzards, but that perch was just was just on fire this year. To me, it's always been the most natural presentation that a fisherman can use is that freelining. It, it's just hands down, especially in shallow water. But now, John Jeffcoat—that's his name. He basically does like a freelining, but he pulls them behind the planter boards without no weight. Um, and he's catching them 40s and 50s coming up and grabbing that bait on the surface. Um, when, I fished, crazy. 
when I fished in Tennessee in June, the guy, uh, Van Hughes, the guy that took first place, he, uh, that's what he, he was doing. He was, he ended up catching the biggest, his biggest fish was a flathead. And believe it or not, it come up on that free line run on the planer board out there. It was just, you know, we were struggling the first couple of days of pre-fishing, trying to find a bite. And I ended up suspending, you know, over some structure and stuff up against the dam. And I found, I was fortunate enough to find some fish. It's not enough to really get me up there and in the, in the inches, but the free lining up on the main lake, that was really, that was really what found him the fish. And I mean, it was, it was unbelievable to think that that big flathead, he said he's seen it when he come over on the side scan and then just come up and just nailed that free line bait. And like you said, it gives it a natural presence in the water. It drops slowly through the water columns, especially the way we do it on the, you know, drifting the river systems, you throw it out, you kind of let the boat float with the bait. The bait will pick up a little bit faster than the boat, but it covers so much water column that, you know, it's not always about the biggest fish in that water column. It's about how many fish you can catch in some of these tournaments. And that's, that's how you win. You, you'll, get your fish then you start calling them out once you get your total inches but you know to find fish quickly that's definitely a, a very good method now guys and gals there was a lot of great information that was just given to you a lot of people say well i've heard of free line and i've never tried it or i've heard of this i've heard of that guys it can be very productive and sometimes there's certain times of the year like where Lyle and them's going up to uh to do that channel cat fishing and the lake is shallow. Oh, I'd be freelining the crap out of it. But but as a bit as a catch with that freelining, <laughs> you better be a line watcher. Yeah, you gotta be. Yeah, he will come to you and you will never see it. Oh, so, I don't even I don't even know how many times. I've missed hookups because of that. <laughs> you yeah. throw out, and the next thing you know, your bait's going clear. You're watching your main line, but you're underneath the water has already gone past you. Yeah. Uh, you know, my biggest fish this year, that, that 79, you know, that, it was caught on freelining. You know, it, uh, 10 aught, Dale's 10 aught circle hook, piece of 60, uh, probably about a foot and a half, maybe a little bit less of 60 pound floral leader, and then a swivel. That's it. I yeah. run 30-pound main line. I know a lot of guys are probably like, oh, he only runs 30-pound line. I only run 30-pound line. My, I fight the drag, especially being in a kayak. I use the drag in a kayak to my advantage. Um, I've I've broke a few fish off that I've, I've been sick to my stomach too, but, you know, we won't talk about them on here. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. You know, y'all don't even know about them fish. Don't, don't worry about them guys. I'll get them later. Right, I got well, you know, Lyle has said that so many times <laughs> on this show. Let the rod and the drag of your reel do the work. That is what they are designed for. That is 100% correct. I have a question here from outside with the haze. said, ask Jesse what type of bait he would suggest to use when the cats are not biting, please. Oh, I mean, when you get into that kind of situation, you know, find find what's natural. If you're bringing bait, you might be bringing gizzard shed or herrings or something from outside. Switch to what swims in the lake. Um, that's usually how we try to target some of the lakes. Is that if there's a native species in there that they're feeding on, like brim or perch, you know, we we try to follow that bait. And, you know, sometimes that bite might take a little bit longer than, than what you want. And uh, 
you know, unfortunately, that's that's kind of how catfishing goes. Is you know, it's not skipping docks until you hit a fish in the face. It's it, sometimes it takes a little bit of patience to get that one fish that you've been waiting for, uh, especially in the winter time. You know, it can, it can be an hour to two hours sit before you might even get a bite, and you start regretting sitting in one spot. But you know, definitely try to find something that you think they're feeding on. If they're feeding on small thread fins and you you're seeing a bunch of them in the body of water that you're fishing don't be afraid to put them on an eight or six dot hook and chuck them out there as i have seen 60 70 pound fish caught on six and eight dot hooks on small bait i seen it at a dam i was fishing not too long ago the guy was literally scoot netting the little <coughs> tiny thread fins right up that were feeding along the wall and he was putting them on a hook with a drop shot weight and throwing them right out there and he was just nailing cats left and right. This and time of the year, I love tread fin. I don't know well, why. I mean, I fish with the gizzards, but when they're loading up on them tread fins, because this time of year, the tread fins are balled up in huge numbers. To me, you take, say, an 80-pound cat. He swim through, he can come off the bottom into a daggum mess of them tread fin. He can feel his gullet pretty quick. Yeah, and you know this this time of year, especially you know they're opportunist feeders. They're they're gonna especially the bigger fish. They're gonna do whatever they can to uh, to burn the least amount of calories and metabolism as they can. They're gonna feed. Who put the uh, anti chicken out there? I see that. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get messages in Facebook. From God. Was everybody waiting for me to say chicken? No, I was not. I promise I would. <laughs> no, I have yet. I have yet to use chicken. Well, the only other thing I have ever really caught and had success on was wild turkey. I had some wild turkey that spoiled in the freezer one year, and uh, I cut it up about inch by inch chunks and took it out there, and I wore channel cats plumb out on that stuff, boy. I done that for Dieter's benefit because I love old Dieter. Him and I cheese each other about all kinds of stuff all the time. He, he is, he, we have a blast with that. But uh, you know, him and I are going to go at it in spring when I get to feel a little bit better. We're gonna, we're gonna get out there on the water, and he's gonna chickenize it, and I'm gonna use shad, skipjack. I'm a germaphobe, man. We'll be washing my hands every five seconds after I touch a chicken breast. You know, I've often thought about that. I really have. And with with everything that's going on, the last thing you need is salmonella or something. But surely, <laughs> surely these guys that are do, using chicken for bait keep some kind of soap or something to wash their hands and get that off of there. They just wear rubber gloves, guys. I mean, each they own, but at least put some gloves on or something, man. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that and then smoking or eating something and get that down in your system, uh, it's hard enough to keep from getting a Rona with, without adding something like that. Look, it. man, I said, we were fishing a 24-hour challenge, and I had a guy, we had some shad turn, and a guy got went to pinch a dip of snuff and had that old rotten shad on his hands. Boy, that boy got sick. He got sick out there. And uh, it was after that, I'm like, ah, I started buying like little, uh, I found some soap at Walmart. It takes the you know, the fish smell off your hands or whatever. It smells like mint. But I started carrying that in the kayak. I'm like, I'm washing my hands after every time I touch bait. Last thing I need to be is out here on a kayak throwing up and not able to get 
somewhere to get help or get off the water. I'm, you know, I just find myself a good pit. <laughs> I can't pedal yeah. or pedal myself up river when I'm sick. I, I, be, go ahead, Jay. Next year, they're going to be wondering about all that green slime is floating all over the water. That's going to be all them catfish down there sick and throwing up from Sally Manelli. <laughs> <laughs> that could very well be, folks. If you haven't noticed it, check out in the uh, in the brand image at the top right hand corner of the page is a new CPR Catfish Weekly decal that we are have have got designed for us, and we're going to be giving some of those away, and we will be selling some of them. They will be in our hot little hands here before too awful long and when they hit i'll let everybody know i don't even know how much they're going to cost me yet so i don't know how much they will cost but we will give be giving some of those away on the show i hope you all like them um we had a real talented young lady make those design them for us i had the decal made for another deal and she changed it to catfish weekly and done some different things to it uh but that's what they're going to look like i hope everybody likes them Dater, that uh what i said <laughs> I had an old guy at work with me. He couldn't say Salmonella. He would call it Sally Manelli. Like that old lip sync group that used to be out. <laughs> he called him Sally Manelli. <laughs> and I laughed at that poor old boy. So now every time I say something about it, I can't help but say Sally Manelli instead of <laughs> Salmonella. <laughs> oh, Lord. Go ahead. Hey, somebody, uh, Somebody forward that to me so that way I can keep that saved in my data bank, please. That way I know what to say. If I see him stick out on the boat somewhere, I know he got that Sammy Manelli. Sonny <laughs> <laughs> says he used ivory soap uh, in his boat. He thinks it's the best. I keep lava in mine. Um, and I think part of that is the reason that when I was a kid, I had my mouth washed out with soap on a regular basis, sometimes <laughs> as much as two or three times a day. And my oldest sister would grab whatever she could. And the worst thing that she ever stuck in my mouth was lava soap. So I keep it on the boat at all times. I don't know how much it'll do for washing your hands. It seems to do a good job for me, but it'll sure clean that mouth up, boy. I mean, right now. <laughs> Still didn't learn nothing, though, did you? Oh, no, I, no, I didn't. <laughs> but that's what you get for hanging around with with Dockery and Chad Fields and guys like that all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jesse, do you ever rely a lot on um, Navionics? Uh, no, I don't. Um, if I'm going to a new body of water that I ain't ever been to before, um, I have the app on my phone that I can kind of pull it up and kind of get an idea of – what the what the drops and you know it kind of shows the charts and stuff but as far as on my kayak i'm running a pretty i'm running a garmin echo uh 501 you know it's basically just going to show you that there might be a rock on the bottom and that might be a fish that you know you don't know um a lot of the time i base i base it off of uh the structure around where i'm fishing um if I can pull up to a body of water and I can see right off the bat that it looks that the bottom looks super sandy or super muddy, you know, that's that's basically the best way to base what what that area is going to look like. Um, I use the, the fish finder just to essentially to find the depths that I want to fish. It shows enough of structure to know that there's structure there. Um, I can usually base off of the surroundings that, you know, that it's either going to be rocks or it's going to be a tree. 
you know, it, it'll roughly show you. And if you don't fish with electronics, you know, don't don't feel ashamed to just go out there and hammer it. You know, pay attention to your surroundings. That's a big thing. I think a lot of guys have really started going to that electronics. And, you know, we call it, you know, in the kayak world, we call it video game fishing. I don't know if y'all do that there. But, you know, especially in bass tournaments, you know, you get – you can see the fish, so you're going to sit there. That fish might not be the fish that's going to bite. So you can waste a lot of time worrying about your electronics and finding that one that one fish. But, you know, the fish that you might be actually hunting might just be two steps to the left. You're just focusing too much on that on that GPS and that and that Navionics and stuff. You know, that's it's a good why I had that. That's why I kind of had that one show. What would happen when you pulled out of the dock and your electronics go down? What are you going to do next? You know, so well, that's why I'm glad you said what you said is that um, pay attention. You know, I, I used to ice fish a lot, and I don't remember ever having a uh, having a depth reader ice fishing. You know, we used to take a drop shot weight and drop it to the bottom, find the bottom, and then we'd pull the line up, and, you know, we'd stretch it out, and we knew how deep we would. Um, I essentially kind of do the same thing when I'm feeling out a new spot, a new body of water. You know, I don't. You know, I'll drop a couple, you know, uh, suspended eight-ounce weights down, see how deep of water I am. I, you know, Mr. Fails on here for Team Catnippers, he'll tell you right now, I can go to a body of water and dang near guess exactly how deep it is sitting right next to him with no fish finder while he's running his. Um, I've done it to him on Wiley a few times and made him be like, dude, you are the fish finder. But, you know. It's you know, fish finders is a sketchy word. You know, it's it's not necessarily going to find the fish. It's it's you know, you're basically just using it to find uh to to find the platforms you want to fish. You know, you know, don't focus on trying to look for fish on it. Look for a structure. You know, if you're catfishing, you need to find them rock piles. You need to find them humps. You need to find them ledges. You know, don't don't try to focus on on the fish. You know, like I said, I use I use a app on my phone as my navionics i don't even use the fish line and that's just for bodies of water that i don't know right you know i travel a lot so there's lakes i've never been to before you know around here i can give you a pretty good estimate about every lake around here because i spent a lot of time on them but uh, when i go to new places it's you might need that extra little bit you know but don't spend too much time getting lost in electronics you know learn Learn the basics, learn the fundamentals. That's that's where we come from, you know, as catfish anglers. You know, a lot of guys from the bank. I've seen guys pulling in monster fish from the bank. They have not a clue how deep that water is. And and they can if they would pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that, that's the thing, is if you look at the ledges, you look at your surrounding, you you got a pretty good idea. You know, you can talk to a lot of old cats, they'll tell you, you know, they learn how to fish because of their surroundings, not because of what's in the water. You know, right. they want to find them ledges and stuff based on what the bank looks like beside them. Right. And see, you know, that's why when I was talking to you earlier before we went live, we were talking about the South Point boat land and all that stuff. Well, I learned all that stuff bank fishing before I ever got electronics and a boat to figure it out. Simply by, because I used to be a bass fisherman, taking a rubber worm and a bullet weight and running it weedless, you can learn so much about Guys and gals, y'all can knock bass fishermen, but you can take that technique right there and learn so much about a piece of water that you never, you can learn to feel if it's a, you can find muscle beds by doing that. 
Sure. Especially if you run braid, like Lyle talks about, he runs braid. You take a line, you take a rod, a good graphite rod, braided line, and you can tell exactly what's on the bottom of that water. Yep. There you can. That's fact. We got a uh, great question in chat from Dieter Melhorn. He said, What are Jesse's thoughts on winter kayak fishing? Is flipping over a concern, and how do you prepare for that? I was trying to catch back up on the chat, guys. Sorry. Um, it's 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 always a concern. It's always in the back of your mind as a kayak angler. You know, it's you're getting into a, a vessel that's a little bit different. You know, than maybe what you're used to or something like that. But you're in a smaller vessel and on bigger bodies of water, and, the, and you know, like I said, water's unforgiving. You know, it, it's never going to change. And uh, you know, one. One thing in the back of your mind is you you want to go home. You know, at the end of the day, after you've caught a lot of fish, you want to go home. And the, be and the best thing for that is, you know, wearing that life jacket. You know, it's it's my number one prep tool is the kayak. That life jacket goes with me every time I'm on the water. I always have it on. And when I don't have it on, I have it close by in case the worst happens. And in cold water situations, you know, bring something in a dry bag, some extra change of clothes, you know, make sure that, you know, you might not venture too far away from a bank that you can access easy in case you do happen to go over and you need to get to the bank. You know, one thing about a kayak is they are, they are hard to flip back over once they flip. And it's a scary situation when they do go over. You know, a lot of the time your gear might not, you might lose a lot of gear and stuff like that, but, you know, that's not a concern. You know, the concern is getting yourself warm and, you know, definitely bring it, you know, they make dry bags, man. You can buy them at Walmart. You can buy them at Academy. You can buy them anywhere. And they usually start out about three to $20, depending on yeah. what you get and carry some extra base layers with you, if nothing else to where you can get, you can keep your phone dry. That's a big one. Keep yeah, your yeah. phone dry. Um, I've, Work with robots. Yeah, get you a Cali case. A Cali case. You can put it on a lanyard around around your neck, zip it in. You can actually operate your phone through that Cali case. And uh, they make a lot of different things. You know, I use a RoboHawk phone tether. My my phone's pretty good in the water. If it does go in, I bring it back out fairly quickly. Right. And you know, it'll it'll be fine for a little while, enough to get the message somebody and be like, hey, you know, this yeah. will happen. You know, um. Keep your location on. Uh, believe it or not, you can pinpoint your phone, especially iPhones. You can pinpoint your phone on the water. If you go over and somebody can't find you, keep your location on. Um, a lot of guys have been found because of that. Um, you know, I fish with robot hot phones. They make phone tether that keeps your phone strapped to you. You don't lose it if you do flip. Um, you know, get yourself to the bank. Get warm. You know, that's that's key. Keep Keep a dry bag with some extra clothes. Make sure that you're you're not don't ever wear waders. I'm gonna don't ever wear waders. I'm gonna repeat that because they'll take you down. They'll they'll take you down quick. Yeah. I know a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, I'll go out on the kayak, I'll wear waders, they'll keep me dry. You know, I'm not gonna tell you not to. The only thing, you know, I recommend don't. Don't do it. Yeah. If you're going to wear them and you're going to take that chance, leave them unbuckled. 
Never bought yeah, them. Yeah, so you can get out of them. Exactly. So you can get out of them. And, um, you know, like I said, a pair of bibs is a lot easier to swim in than 80 pounds of uh, waiter. But, you know, definitely going over is it's something that's in the back of your mind. You know, it's not something that happens a lot, but, you know, it definitely stays in the back of your mind. And you, you got to you just got to be aware of where you're at and what you're doing on the water. If you get out there and the water is just too much for you to handle, there is nobody on this on this page right now that's going to tell you uh, you're a wuss for turning around and going home. That's right. I mean, that, right? There, there ain't no fish out there worth your life, man. I mean, a couple of, couple of things in chat. Sonny Parker wanted to let you know that all the frowny faces was for the benefit of James Dockery, not for you. He didn't want you to confuse the fun they was having with James with something they you had said because the frowny faces had nothing to do with you. That was all about James Dockery. <laughs> I, look, when I was actually scrolling back trying to see what I missed because I'm like I'm bouncing back and forth. I was like, oh man, what did I say that everybody no. got? Mad? Was it the, was it the chicken? James Dockery is the angry fish. I'm sorry. If you use chicken, I'm not shaming you. I will switch the chicken, all right? James Dockery is the angry fisherman, and them guys ride him like a horse, and it's all in fun. But Dieter says, excellent kayak fishing advice. Good information for any boat fisherman. I agree 100%. But here's one that really caught my attention. The weekend angler, Josh says, for what it's worth, Google Maps allows you to share your exact location with people you choose. That's something I did not know, but that is awesome information. If that's that's a good one. Yeah, that's I thought one. that was excellent information. Um, um, fishing. What advice would you give boaters to help us be more respectful to kayakers? Great question. You know, that is a great question because that's a question, you know, there's – there's a feud between kayakers and bass boats. I promise you that. But as far as any boater, you know, be mindful. You know, we're on a smaller vessel. Um, we can take a lot of waves. We can take a, we can take a good bit of different things. Some kayaks are not designed the same as others. So just be mindful. If you come up on a kayak, you know, I run a flag on open water, which um, Yak Attack makes a flag with a light on it. If you do night fishing, by the way. Um, Yak Attack makes a, a flag with a light on it, and it's a big orange flag that sticks off the back of my kayak. You can see that joker for a couple miles when I'm out there on the lake. I recommend it. Um, boaters can see it. You know, I fish a lot. A lot of our tournaments are on the weekends, and you know what that means. Weekends are active time for for weekend warriors and bass tournaments and catfish tournaments and all that, you know. Just if you come up on a kayak, just be mindful. If you can see it before you get to it, slow down. We can't take the wake like a like no. a sixty thousand dollar boat. No. I mean, we can take a pretty good wake, but it, it's it's not good. And you know, you got to think that that kayaker might have the about as much investment as you do. You know, yeah. some of these kayaks bottom dollars start out. You know, like mine retail is twenty six hundred dollars, and then you add probably another three or four thousand dollars that i have into just equipment and my phone and <laughs> and other yeah. stuff in sonar systems you know if it goes over you're gonna lose a lot of stuff and it's insurances don't cover that like they do both 
Well, here's the other thing. When you pull up on, on somebody in a canoe, a kayak, or anything like that, you have no idea the experience level of the guy that's in it. Exactly. Surely, under that's the circumstances exactly right. where I fish on the big rivers we have on the Missouri River and, and the Mississippi and stuff, I see these guys out there all the time, and I wonder about that. But in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? If they don't know what they're doing, if they don't have the experience to be on that Mississippi River, they shouldn't be on it. But you never know. And and that's a big thing is kayaking the last three to four years has become so popular. It's just a form of exercise, a form to, you know, enjoy the outdoors. You know, I used to work for Dick's Sporting Goods, and I can remember in the summertime, we used to move probably three to 400 boats between May to almost August. And, you know, probably more than that, honestly. I, I, mean, I never really kept up a number. But a lot of people just got it just because they wanted to go float around their cove on Lake Wiley. You know, I used to sell actually still friends with people that bought kayaks from me that just they just like to go out and kind of paddle around their little cove on Lake Wiley. And one of their biggest issues is – these guys with 200 horse motors come flying in. Like, look, I get you're in a hurry. Money's on the line. I get it. I've been there. I, I used to fish tournaments like that. But at the same time, you have to be mindful for your the people in your surroundings because a lot of times you see somebody in a little tiny, you know, 10-foot, 8-foot paddle-style kayak, their experience level might not be as good as a guy in a 12- to 14-foot pedal drive with a trolling motor. You know, them guys, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm pretty trained on, you know, and spend a lot so much time on the water. You know, I know how to handle myself when a wave comes. I know how to position my boat. There's a lot of people that don't that don't know how to do that. And you know, you might put their life at risk and you it's not something you want on your conscience. No, you know, for one. And for two, they're out there to do the same thing you're doing and that's enjoy the outdoors and that's yeah. you know, that's the biggest part of kayaking that's what we want you want everybody to do the kayaks is enjoy the you might have a fish on and not even paying attention to that boat coming up behind you or that wake coming up and it catch you by surprise uh you know you got to be prepared for everything or if you know you get ready to get in trouble the question is do you know what to do when that trouble hits yeah, and then the biggest thing when that trouble hits is, for one, your mindset is going to take over and you, you're going to panic. Don't don't panic. Make sure you have the proper PPE with you, the, the proper safety equipment, a whistle. Um, you know, down here, you have to have a whistle on your vessel. You have to have a life jacket on your vessel. If you're not wearing the life jacket, make sure it's within arm's reach if you do flip over. And unfortunately... As much time as I spent on water, I have had to do water rescue. And one of the biggest things that the water rescue that I've had to do comes from not having that life jacket. The kayak got flipped. Um, on one occasion, the lady got hit in the head. She took on water in her lungs. Fortunately enough for her, I just happened to be turning the corner when she come through. It was a ski boat that waked her. The kayak flipped completely over, caught her in the back of the head, and she went under. As soon as it happened, no life jacket. Wow. In the boat, no life jacket anywhere. If I wouldn't have happened to come around the corner when I did, it might have been a different day for her. You Instead know? of a rescue, it turns into a recovery. That's right. Yeah. And recoveries are, you know, recoveries and rescues, either one are, 
are horrifying. You know, I've been on. Unfortunately, I've been on the on the receiving end of both of those, and it's not it's not fun for anybody involved. No, it's, it's not. really not, guys. You know, I I want you guys to get out there and kayak, fish. You know, I want you to spend some time in kayaks. You know, don't worry about the price of your kayak. Don't worry about that. If you're if you know if you're fishing in a two to you know eight hundred dollar kayak, focus a little bit more on flat water. Maybe don't focus on you know currents and stuff like that and if you do life jacket keep it on man i mean i know the summertime gets hot i tournament fish trust me i have tan lines from my life jacket that i still <laughs> have to this day it's okay it looks like i was wearing a tank top but you know stay stay to what you know if you get a kayak for the first time go to flat water to test it <laughs> don't go to the catawba river because it's summertime and you want to go drinking with your buddies go to the lake Paddle around close to the boat ramp. If you do flip, then you can kick it over, you know, and, you know, get back to the bank, drain it out. Most of them's got drain holes on the sit-in styles and the sit on tops. You can, if you get leaning on it just right, you can flip it right back over right. and kick it to the bank and get back have, in. Uh, I've noticed another thing in chat that I think we should discuss, fellas. Uh, Buckeye Catfishing posted a short time ago that uh, they had lost, he had lost a family member. Uh, had passed away and uh, we want to keep our thoughts and prayers with him and his entire family. This is the holiday season. That's extremely tough time for that to happen, but he is one of our revered uh, viewers that watch every week and, and we will keep you and your family and thoughts and prayers. And, and we hate it that that happened this time of the year, but uh, you know, it's part of life and uh, we all kind of have to deal with it, but we're very sorry to hear that. And uh, yes, we'll keep you in the thoughts and prayers. Yes, sir. For sure. But, uh, any last things that you might want to go over just as far as safety and stuff and get the um, numbers ready, Lyle, for one giveaway. Um, okay. You know, as far as it all goes, you know, um, if you follow me on Team Catnippers on Instagram or Facebook, or if you're personal friends with me on Facebook, feel free anytime you have a kayak question. Or if you know, I've I've been spent so much time around so many different kayaks. You know, I can kind of lean you maybe towards something a little bit more your style, or you know, more your price point stuff like that. You know, I can help you on any kind of basics that you might need as far as paddle setup, life jacket setup, I'm not going to steer you into buying everything I fish for because, or I use or I fish with because, you know, we're not all the same. And if you're just starting out, you might not need everything I got. You know, it's, I, I fish a different style. You know, I'm, I'm a tournament based kayak cat fisherman, you know, so everything I typically run is, you know, based on my fishing style, but I'm a hundred percent, you know, available to uh to help you with any questions that you might have on setup or anything like that um there's a lot of videos on youtube you can watch you know flint hill being one of them guys you know flint hills he'll walk you through it he's a super nice guy and uh Funny. he's got he's got just as sexy as a kayak setup as i do so tell everybody um, again where they can find you on facebook and and youtube and um, Dieter Melhorn wants to know where the warden name come from. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a story for a different day. Let's just put okay. it down. <laughs> Let's just say, uh, 
Let's just say I used to jump a lot of fences when I was a kid and fish ponds <laughs> more than supposed to. I'm at the DNR a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, but no, it was just a name that come up uh, over the years, and, and it just uh, it, it it started as a joke, and then you know I sit the more I sit and thought about it, and you know especially as I've grown over the last few years, it was definitely something that just made me stick out. You know, the warden is. Uh, you know, he's kind of his own character. <laughs> you know, a lot of people get to know me. I'll talk to you all day long in person. This is actually the longest I've ever probably been on a live camera in front of people. I'm actually pretty awkward in real life. Uh, Didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and tell them where they can find you again on social media, buddy. No, you can find me on uh, social media platforms. Uh, Jesse O'Neill on Facebook. Um, Team Catnippers on Facebook. Team Catnippers on YouTube and Instagram. Um, I run all of them with help of a few other team members, 14 catnippers. Um, and then for the tournament trail that I'm running this year, you know, that's a Carolina base or anybody can join it. You know, I feel, you know, if you guys want to, you know, follow along and you might not be in the state or whatever, um, Carolina catfish or Carolina kayak catfish slayers. I'm still trying to get used to saying this. Um, but you can follow that along on Facebook. I have no other platforms for it yet. I right. just literally started this about 12 days ago. It used to be the uh, SCTCKA. That's where a lot of you guys might know it from, but I've kind of branched off from that now and took over both Carolinas. So I'm running, you know, six lakes between the both Carolinas. And let's just say, guys, these are, uh, these are hand-picked lakes. And for everybody in South Carolina, no, I will not be fishing watery. Uh, anybody that knows me around here, I can't stay in that lake. So uh, I'll be taking pictures with uh, with Big Nasty uh, while y'all are fishing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. James, I have y'all loaded up when you're ready to go. All right. We're going to give away a set of blue barbers tonight. Uh, and Jesse, you can pick them out. And guys and gals, if you already have a set of barbers, if you don't mind, this is a season for giving. Let it ride, and let's try to get them to somebody that don't have a set so they can enjoy them also. But I can't guarantee you're going to get them before Christmas the way the mail is right oh, now. I've terrible. got three sets that's been in Greensboro for a week and a half. Just sitting yeah, there. It's awful. And I've got stuff that I ordered the, the first week of the month I still don't have, but it is what it is. Jesse, yeah. would you pick me out a number between one and five? One and five. Let's go. Uh, let's go two. One and two. And the winner is Mike's Outdoor Adventures. Don't think Mike has a set. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, Mike. Just send me your name and your address and stuff on Messenger, or you can contact me at 704. 600-8369, and we'll get these right out to you, my friend. Thank you for supporting Catfish Weekly and uh, joining us on the show tonight. James, thank you so much for donating those bobbers. I know they're going to love them. They're an awesome product. And and uh, if you guys haven't uh, checked them out, go over to his Facebook page and check out that stuff. They are really an outstanding product. And stay tuned for some new stuff. Oh yeah, man! If y'all ain't tried them, uh, my wife actually caught her PB out of the kayak this year on one of the floats uh, during That's a team right. challenge. 
So they're cool. They're great. We we love we love throwing them. You know, I love throwing big flats, uh, big floats in the summertime anyway for flatheads with live bait. So they were right up my alley when I found out about them. <laughs> Heck yeah! Heck yeah! 2021, right. you better be ready. <laughs> That's a pretty neat way to do that. That really was. Oh man, thank you, Flint Hill. Um, again. This is the holiday season. We are the week of Christmas. We want to wish everybody Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Be very thankful that we have so many supporters of our channels and, and, and friends in the industry. James and I are thrilled. Be sure to watch James' show on, on Wednesday night. He's going to have a great show. Uh, tomorrow night is Muskrat Adventures. Um, James is on Wednesday. Thursday night, my buddy Chad Fields and James Dockery. They'll keep you in stitches all night. Let's see. Who's on Saturday night, James? Um, oh, yeah. Friday night is uh, Friday me, night. Uh, Mark with Mark, Catfish and Crappie. Catfish and Crappie. And then Saturday night usually is uh, <clears throat> Headhunters. I think got horse. Yep. And then Sunday Norman night will be Kevin. Norman Stan and then Kevin with Palmetto Cats. And, again, yep. um, what a great job he done on that award show. Jesse, yep. thank you so much for joining us on Catfish Weekly. I know there's a lot of things you can do on Monday night, but to spend it with us means so much to us, and we're, we was thrilled to have you on here. You covered a lot of great information, and, and uh, at some point we need to get you back on here and do it again. Oh, uh, you know, like I said, I'm blessed to be here. I really am. Uh, you know, I've, I'm definitely willing to come back, man. I could go on for hours with this, honestly. And it's, you know, it's just a passion of mine that, that you know, I want a lot of people to uh, enjoy the same that I do, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, post up post up some of your videos and stuff and go on the Catfish website and, and give us some information where people that didn't get to see the show can actually find you and – you know, maybe ask you some questions online. Uh, yeah, like my, I said, I'm, I'm 100%, I'm 100% open for questions. Um, my Facebook teams yeah. constantly. So, you know, I, I'm usually extremely quick on answering back. Um, even on Instagram, you can, you can ask people that follow. They might not know the warden's the one behind the name, but usually, usually it's always me. And like I said, I stay on top of it. You know, um, I'm, I'm 100% for helping anybody that wants to get into the sport, um, especially with the trail season going this year. Anybody that, right. want, that might be interested in competing in some kayak, in some kayak fishing, you know, um, I'll be here to answer whatever you got. I'm going to release the official rules and stuff for the trail um, in January. I'm going. I'm going to release the schedule here within the next few days. And like I said, when you guys see the lakes, y'all are going. Everybody's mouth going to drop. A handful of guys. A handful of guys have got to see it, but you know, like I said, I'm I'm blessed to be here. Um, I definitely look forward to coming back. Um, and uh, you know, thank you guys. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, don't forget, Jesse. Uh, we have the public group of Catfish Weekly, and you are very welcome to post any and all of your videos and any information about your tournament stuff. There, we'd be happy to have you uh, as being a part of the group. All right, thank you. you got a if you got a tournament coming up that you know you might want to get some more people to come join your tournament, just give us a holler. 
Uh, after the end of the show, we don't mind, you know, throwing a schedule up and just make sure that you follow up. So the next week we can give the results of that tournament, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, my first kickoff is March 27th. I know that's the Catfish Bash, too, but I don't think it's going to affect too much to the kayak guys in the Carolinas. Um, you know, and once that gets, you know, I'll definitely stay with you guys on top of the trails. So that way, if you guys want to follow up with how the trails went that weekend, you oh, know, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, give James, I'll give James the pre-schedule before I officially release it. And that yeah. way you guys, you can give it to Lyle and you guys can kind of save it in your calendar for the day. So he said, I'm not starting anything till March just because of everything going on in North Carolina right now. Um, being somebody that works in North Carolina, it's, it's a madhouse. Yeah, yep. I understand. One more thing for everybody. Um, Christmas is what, Friday? Yep. Friday? Yeah. Monday on Catfish Weekly, uh, we had a request, and I think I mentioned this last week, for how to get started on YouTube. Jeff Manning, Jonathan Busick, Dieter Melhorn, Stu with Coon Creek Outdoors, and I'm trying to get a couple more people involved with this that has – uh, big YouTube channels besides James and I. Oh, Becca, thank you so much. Thank we you, appreciate man. it. Um, and these guys are going to come in here. So have your questions prepared for if you want to know what it takes to make these guys successful, because they're going to answer any and all questions. And this should be a bang up show for anybody that wants to try a YouTube channel or get started in making videos or live feeds or whatever. So be sure to tune in next Monday. Hey, Lyle, Wednesday night, we got an old friend's going to be on my show, Mr. Justin Fishing Fetish, and Miss Gabby Goose will be joining us. You know what? That is going to be a great show, and I can't it's wait cool. to see that. That would be great. I'll definitely have that one saved. Heck yeah. yeah. So, Jesse, thanks yeah. again. Hang on just a second. Thanks, everybody, for watching Catfish Weekly. We'll see you next Monday night right here.